Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Well, so far in this series, we've prayed some pretty tough prayers, some some gutsy prayers. And I I hope you've actually engaged in that. And these aren't easy. These aren't safe. We're, We're calling them gutsy prayers, almost like beware, but they're really gutsy in a good way because God can use these prayers to do some pretty incredible things in you. And we started off saying, God, make me bold. And then seeing where God takes that. And then we said, speak to me, God. And sometimes we want God to give us these grand words of appreciation or that attaboys or an incredible plan for our lives. And sometimes he does. But it's a gutsy prayer because if you tuned in for that message, we learned that sometimes God wants our attention for another reason. And then last week, we asked God to to break my heart. I mean, talk about a gutsy prayer. And if you missed any of those, I hope you'll catch up online but I really hope you've been brave enough to to add these to your prayer life because ultimately they're going to lead you to the best life possible. And it's no different with today's gutsy prayer. We're going to look at what David prayed in Psalm 139. David prays this after his enemies were on the attack. And throughout the chapter, he's building up the fact that that God is all-knowing and all-powerful and he knows us better than we know ourselves. And in the face of attacks on God and him, and maybe even his character, as we look at this uh, prayer, instead of saying, no, 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 and defending himself, he actually prays this incredibly dangerous, gutsy prayer in Psalm 139. This is what David prayed. He prayed, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, let me read that again. Just let this sink in. He says, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I have a lot of work to do in my relationship with God. And so, When I say that we're in this together, that we're doing life with God together, I mean it. And my initial reaction when someone's attacking me and and questioning my motives isn't to say, you know what, you might be right. Let me me pray about that, right? My my initial reaction is like, you don't know me. Get, Get out of my face. But David, he says, okay, search me, test me, see me. God, reveal my innermost fears and then lead me. In, in order to digest this, I want to break this down into kind of four subparts, and we'll talk through each of these. And this will help you make this prayer a regular part of your prayer life. And maybe you're sitting there and you're, or you're listening and you've never prayed before, right? That's okay. Today, today's a great day to start. And the first thing that David prays is this. Number one, he prays, search my heart. He says it very directly in verse 23. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. And for some of you, you may look at that and go, now, why would we ask God to search our heart? He knows it already. 
And I've got a, I've got a pretty good heart anyway. We all have basically a good heart, right? I mean, what could he possibly find that I don't already know about? Well, actually, we need to understand that without Jesus, we don't have that good of a heart. Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, says this, that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Now, I mean, that sounds pretty harsh, but I think it's so true. And it's why we should be asking God to search us and to, to know our hearts, because who really knows how bad it is? Well, the only one is him, right? And when we talk about the heart in the Bible, we're really meaning our, our will, our thoughts, our desires, and our motivations. And the reality is we deceive each other. I mean, goodness, we deceive ourselves. And I'm going to argue that most often, the most common lie we tell is to ourselves. I mean, we lie to ourselves all the time. The heart is so deceitful. I remember... I remember when I was coming out of high school and entering into college, and I, I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty good with kids. I, I feel like I have a good bit of patience and understanding, and I'm a fairly fun guy. I'll go into education. And things seemed to be going okay, and then I had kids of my own. <laughs> and I found out pretty quickly that I struggle with patience and understanding. And that makes me not that fun of a guy sometimes. I mean, we lie to ourselves. We, we don't even know how bad it is sometimes. I mean, we lie like, oh, I'm not full of pride. I'm, I'm not full of pride. I can't help it if I'm better than everybody else. I'm not, I'm not full of pride. I'm not materialistic. I just, I just need nice things. I'm not a gossip. I never gossip. I, I'm just telling people so they can pray for these people who are doing all these bad things, right? The heart is deceitful above all things. So it's, real, it's a really gutsy prayer when we go before God and say, search my heart, God. Show me what's in there. Search my heart. And when you pray that prayer, God is going to show you things in your heart that aren't pure. And it's not to be cruel, but it's to bring you into a closer relationship with him. It's a gutsy prayer. You need to understand that. But it's one that can make you so much closer to him. So David prayed, search my heart. And then he prays, essentially, reveal my fears, reveal my fears. He says this in verse 23. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I mean, what, what is it that makes you anxious? Know my anxious thoughts. A lot of times we don't even acknowledge them. We just think, well, everybody has to worry about this. And I often get anxious thoughts that just come and go. It's, it's a blip and then they're gone, like, like stupid stuff. My, my family and I were walking down the sidewalk here in uh, Georgetown on the square and one of my kids are doing the balancing act on the edge and my mind just blips sometimes to the worst case scenario. And so I get bent out of shape because I'm having these fearful thoughts and uh, there aren't really any cars on the road. There, there are cars parked along the sidewalk, so nothing's really going to happen. But in my mind, I sometimes go right there. What is it that makes you afraid? And I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, snakes and spiders. I'm not talking about that kind of fear. What is it that internally makes you afraid? What is it that makes you anxious? And we all have something, don't we? I mean, afraid of losing your job? Afraid of 
not getting married by such and such an age, I, I, afraid of being stuck in a marriage that you're, you're in and it's not getting any better, afraid of someone finding out the truth, whatever that truth may be, afraid of the future, right? The unknown, afraid of being taken advantage of, afraid of failing. I, I think some people are afraid of succeeding sometimes, afraid of loss. What if, what if I lose somebody? What if I lose something I value so dearly? And why does this matter? Why would we say, God, show me my anxious thoughts? And I would argue because of this, if you're taking notes, you can jot this down. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. I mean, think about that. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. If I'm scared to death that my marriage isn't going to work, well, I'm not trusting God with my marriage. If I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to pay my bills, I'm not trusting God to provide. If I'm afraid that, you know, I've got to keep my kids safe, I'm not trusting my children to God. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. So God, reveal my fears, test me, God, and show me my anxious thoughts. And I've been praying a version of this prayer over the past year. And it takes me a while to catch on sometimes. This prayer, search me, God, know my heart, reveal my anxious thoughts. And what God showed me about me is is not something I'm really proud of. But I'm scared to death of failing. If I succeed at something, it's often because I work hard out of fear of failing. And I prayed through more of that. And I recognized actually what, what I fear is not just failing. I have a massive fear of being inadequate of not being enough, not being good enough, not being smart enough, not being wise enough, not being whatever enough. I mean, this is my fear. And this is a real issue because in the church and in my role, I shouldn't be driven by fear. I have to lead by faith. And I'm telling you maybe more than you want to know, but it's really meaningful to me. I mean, what I really believe God is showing me is that I have to love pleasing him more than I fear failing other people. I have to love pleasing him, being obedient to him more than I'm afraid of failing. So now in prepping for this message, God reminded me uh, when he said, perfect love casts out fear. You know, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a, of a sound mind. I just dare you to pray this prayer. Search my heart, oh God, test me and know my anxious thoughts. And why, why does what you fear matter? Because what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. And suddenly you recognize in this one area, I'm really not trusting God. And suddenly as as you start to do what I did, you get down to the root of it. And then God's word can speak to you to the root of the problem. When you pray this, God's going to reveal some things to you that you may not have been willing to acknowledge for years and years and years. Because the most common lie we tell is often to ourselves. And that's an issue for me. Oh, I've got this. I'm fine. No, no, it's search my heart, God, reveal my fears. Then number three, this is where it gets even a little more difficult. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I'm wrong, God. Uncover my sin. The things I do that displease you. This is, this is what David prays. I love the courage it takes to pray this, this gutsy, dangerous prayer. He prays this, God, see if there's any offensive way in me. Show me, God, in any area in my life 
where I'm not walking with you. God, show me anything that I'm doing that's displeasing to you. See if there's any offensive way in me. Because have you noticed it's really difficult to see our own issues in the mirror? Oh, it's, it's like really easy to find everybody else's. Can you believe what she's wearing? He did what? Oh, not me. Can you believe what's going on in their marriage or how they're spending money? Right? We love when we're uh, shown grace, but we often struggle to give it to other people. <laughs> I mean, have you ever noticed that? We, we tend to accuse others and excuse ourselves. I just have to do it. Like, this is how I get through. It's not a big deal. It's, it's none of your business. Judge not lest you be judged, right? It's so easy to see everybody else's issues, but not our own. Because the heart is deceitful above all things. And the most common lies are the ones we tell ourselves. And that's why it takes tremendous courage to say, search my heart, God. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And this could be one of the most game-changing prayers you ever pray when you give God permission to point out anything that's dwelling in your heart. And I came across three questions that are really helpful as you ask yourself uh, as you're praying, God, show me where I'm wrong or uncover my sins. Three questions that really help uh, with self-awareness. And the first question is to ask, what are others trying to tell me? What are other people trying to tell me? In other words, if, if you have three or four people that love you, tell you, you know, I, I think you might have a problem with this. This is an issue. I'm, I'm a bit concerned about you here. If you're consistently having people that love you tell you that, that might be something you want to pay close attention to, right? There is a common denominator here, and, and it's you. Pay attention to that. The second question is this. Ask yourself, what, what have I rationalized for some time? What have I rationalized? In other words, yeah, this may not be right, but it's not a big deal. And this is just how I deal with things. This is how I cope. It's, it's nobody else's business anyways. This, is, this isn't really hurting anybody. This is my one thing. What do, you, what do you rationalize? And then the third thing is this. Where am I most defensive? Where am I most defensive? No, we're not going there. No, we're not talking about that. No, don't, don't you judge me. I don't have a problem with that. Back off. I told you we're not talking about that. Where, where are you most defensive? And when you have the courage to pray this prayer, see if there's any offensive way in me. Let me make you a promise. God, God will point out some things, some things that maybe you've been trying to explain away for a while, some things that maybe you're, you're trying to deny. And this is where it gets tough because God wants to do something in you, but you, you have to let him. God reveals something to us and then we can deal with it. And we ask God for, for forgiveness, and then we go to other people for healing. We confess to God for, for forgiveness. Scripture says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we also confess to people, right? Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you might be healed. We confess to God for forgiveness, but when we open up to others, it's for healing, and that's one reason small groups or meeting one-on-one -on -one with someone is so important because we can come together and say, I need help here. Would you hold me accountable? Would you, would you pray for me? And God's showing me this and God's showing me that. And suddenly we recognize, well, he's not perfect and she's not perfect. And therefore I can show my imperfections. 
And, and by the way, if you are perfect, this is the wrong church for you. There are no perfect people allowed. And so if you're perfect and holy and all that kind of stuff, go, go polish your halo somewhere else. This is, this is a place where imperfect people are doing life with a perfect God. And we're on this road together toward the best life possible. And believe it or not, that's what all these prayers in this series are leading toward. As difficult as some of them may be, it's, it's all so we can live the best life possible with God. And frankly, we all need some help. And so search my heart, God. Reveal my fear. Show me where I'm wrong. And when I put all of what I just told you about me together, I mean, let's see what, what that points to. I, I, I don't want to fail. I don't want to be inadequate because I don't want other people to think I don't have what it takes. I mean, I struggle with patience and understanding sometimes. I mean, when you add all these things up, what I see is for the vast majority of my life, I've battled with living for the approval of people instead of living for the approval of God. I mean, how's that for disturbing? How's that for honest? A battle living for the approval of people instead of living for the approval of God. That's it's not encouraging for anybody. But what does that do? That, that points me to my need for Jesus. That points me to my need for grace. That points me to knowing that I need to live this life with him every moment because I need him every moment. I need, I need him way more than I need to worry about what other people are thinking. What our need does is it always points us to the area where we need to depend on Jesus. The area where we need to depend on him, whatever he shows you, right? I'm addicted. I, I, I don't want to admit it, but I'm addicted. Well, listen, you need to, uh, to have his power to overcome your addiction. I'm, I'm full of pride. You need his power to be humbled and, and depend on him, right? I've got a, a lust issue and it's out of control. Well, you need his truth to re renew your mind and transform your heart. Whatever he shows you, it always points directly to your need for Christ. It always points to your dire directly to your need for Jesus. This is a gutsy prayer. It takes courage to pray it because when you pray it, he's going to show you some things about yourself you're not real proud of. But there's always grace. There's always grace. And then David at the very end, uh, what did he pray? He prays number four, lead me, lead me. When you show me, uh, lead me, lead me. When you show me what I don't like about myself and show me what uh, needs to be changed, now you lead me in the way everlasting. Verse 24, he says this. He says, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When you have the courage to pray a very gutsy prayer, search me, God. You have permission to look deep into the depths of my, my heart. And show me, God, test me, reveal to me my anxious thoughts. Show me the very places uh, that I fear the most, because that shows me where I trust you the least. See, if there's any offensive way in me, no, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody, God. I'm letting you reveal to me what I need to hear. You see, in the, in the early years, I think you often get the, the big things out of the way, then you then you walk with God and suddenly it's the little things that he's revealing to you. But it turns out that the little things are often the big things. It's often the hard issues that are the biggest things he'll reveal to you. And then when he shows you, what does that do? It, it points us 
to our direct need for Christ. And here's a promise. When you are doing life with God, he's right there with you. In Romans 8, it says, Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. So when you pray this prayer, it will show you your need. And you take that need directly to Jesus and let him meet it. Let him meet that need and bring you closer to him. It's a gutsy prayer, but it's a prayer that can transform your life. Let's pray. God, thank you that um, you walk through this with us. God, give us discipline to, to add this to our prayer life. God, that, um, that you would lead us through um, our, what's inside of us that you would search us, that you would reveal to us, that you would, that you would know us uh, and show us where, where we're not walking with you, our innermost fears. God, that we can give those to you, trust you, and allow you to, to lead us. God, give us strength as we um, uh, deal with these things, that we ask forgiveness for you, from you, and then that we go to other people for healing. God, that they can keep us accountable, that they can, they can be praying for us as well as we, as we deal with these things that are inside our hearts. God, thank you that nothing can ever separate us from you, and ultimately, this prayer is going to bring us closer to you. God, we love you and pray this in your name. Amen.